don't say too much, you know, don't talk too much. Stay as little as possible. And really, that advice will go a long way. And unfortunately, honesty now is getting people denied. They're just saying too much, right? They start going back and they ask the you know, insurance company records everything from the first time you call them. So if you start talking, they just start raising flags. And all of a sudden, you're under oath for no reason. Because all you did was you said the wrong thing or you set them the wrong thing. So the less you do, the better it is. This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you build financial independence with real estate and help you build wealth on Main Street. I'm your host, Taylor Lote, and today our guest is Andy Gerchak. Andy is a public insurance adjuster, and today we're going through what insurance adjusting is, how that can help us as real estate investors to reduce our risks and also to get the most or the proper amount out of our insurance claims. Personally, this is a topic that I had dug into a little bit. We've made insurance claims on our properties in the past and used public adjusters, but I don't know that I really understood what the public adjusting process is and the real benefits that we get as real estate investors by working with public insurance adjusters when we need claims and all that kind of thing, when we need to utilize the insurance on our real estate. This is a great lesson. If you don't know what public adjusters do, if you don't know the best ways to utilize and and really get the most value out of your insurance policies, this is the best discussion really to listen to. Insurance is a great way for us to reduce our risks, to place our risks on others, really. That's That's what real estate insurance policies are, is we're paying to reduce our risks and spread that across a portfolio of others. And then when things go wrong, we can make a claim on our insurance policies. And any time that we can reduce our risks, that's great. That's something that we should do, but we need to understand how to utilize the policies and public adjusters can help us do that. This is a discussion where I learned a ton. These are my favorite podcast interviews to do where I can learn the most and hopefully you can learn along with me. Love this discussion. Andy shares a ton of knowledge For those of us real estate investors who want to reduce our risk in our properties and want to get the appropriate amount when we need to make an insurance claim, he tells us, he goes through how public adjusters can help help us, how they get compensated through the whole process, and what we get as a benefit on the back end. It's a great conversation. You're going to learn a ton. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor. I invest in multifamily and self-storage properties. If you'd like to learn more about potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form and schedule a call, and I will look forward to speaking with you soon. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy the show, please take a moment, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so much, you guys. I really do mean that. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcasts ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're building wealth on Main Street along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Once again, our guest today is Andy Gerchak. We're talking about public adjusting in our insurance policies for our real estate properties. So great conversation. You're going to learn a lot. We're kind of getting into the nerdy part of real estate investing, but this is really where we protect our downside. We reduce our risk by utilizing insurance policies. It's great. They seem like a cost, right? It feels like a cost that you're paying to insure your properties, at least on the front end. But when you need to make a claim, that's why we have insurance and public adjusters can help us make those claims. Great conversation. You're going to learn a lot. Without any further ado, here we go. 
Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to learn. It's going to be a very big learning experience for me and I hope for our listeners as well. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your background, can you tell us about what you do in public adjusting? Yeah. First of all, thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, my name is Andy. I'm with Awfully Adjusting. We are a licensed public adjusting team. So we advocate for the insured. In the state we're licensed, we're able to represent the insured, work their claim, get them a max settlement, negotiate everything, handle different aspects of the claim, and, and basically be the main person that takes that claim from A to Z, give another client the time to free up, handle other investments. And then once the settlement is, they can start with the repairs with, a, again, much higher settlement than they would have received with that one. Awesome. Great. So can you tell us about the the principles of adjusting and, and like what an adjuster actually does in when it comes to an insurance claim, how they kind of play into the whole process? Yeah. So we are licensed and, and with our license, what we can do is we can technically take your claim. We can negotiate everything that's in the policy. We can use, we can negotiate the depreciation, the damage. We can handle personal property, meaning if all the stuff in the home was burnt, we can inventory it. We can negotiate it. Same with the structure. We can go in, write our estimates, prepare all the documents, negotiate that aspect of the claim, additional living or any other coverages, whether it's business or, or commercial policies, we can handle all that. So basically, we act kind of like a, an attorney for that for that claim for that person and can handle everything basically from calling the claimant to negotiating the last penny. Okay. Okay. So you were telling me before we started recording about how insurance companies, they have their own adjusters, but they don't really want insurance policyholders to know that there are public adjusters out there. That kind of makes sense intuitively, but but why? And then also what like rights do we have as insurance policyholders to bring in a public adjuster? So you have to remember and you have to start with the insurance company is in the, they're, they're, they're anti, they're a business, right? So they're in it to make money. So everyone that works for them is technically getting paid by them, right? Whether it's the agent, whether it's the desk adjuster, the field adjuster, whether it's any vendors, everyone's kind of working for the insurance company and they have all these guidelines and all these you know, restrictions of we don't do this, we don't pay for this and any, anything they can do to minimize a claim. Whereas a public adjuster, on the other hand, is there to maximize that entire claim process for you. So you have to think about it. They're not going to tell you that you can hire a public adjuster, just like in a car accident, the, you know, the, the insurance company's not going to say, hey, you should get a, you should get an attorney against us. Like no one's going to tell you that you can actually get some help, right? But the departments of in almost every state, there's a public adjuster department or a public adjuster licensing. And that's what they're there for, to help and represent and help the insured because, you know, the department saw what was going on with the insurance companies taking advantage of the insureds. So now there is actually licensing for the adjusters like us on the other side. And what we're seeing now every year, more and more adjusters that used to work for the insurance company are coming to the good side. I mean, every year there's just more and more just leaving the insurance company because they just can't, I mean, it's, they can't take it. So they're coming back on this side and trying to help policyholders. Okay. So how do you really play into the, the process? I mean, so, you know, when you need to make a claim, right, you call your insurance company. And I think most people kind of just let the insurance company take it from there. But at what point should someone, if they're wanting to work with a public adjuster, at what point should they start talking to a public adjuster? Well, what the mistake people make is they call us too late. Right. They, they always want to say, well, my agent said they're going to handle it. My adjuster said they're going to take care of everything. And when they call us three months later, like, hey, I'm getting investigated. Uh, my claims delayed. You know, they still haven't paid me anything. Well, what's going on? 
right? And all this, the stuff's been happening. So sometimes we're, they, they're calling too late. As an investor, as a landlord, you should have a public adjuster on your team. Just like you have attorneys, just like you have an agent and all these other people, management companies, contractors, you should have a public adjuster. Because as soon as something happens, he should be your first point of contact so he can walk through their loss. And even first of all, start with telling you, is it a covered loss? Is it a loss you want to handle, right? Because we'll have some of our larger investors and, and, and clients call us and say, hey, is this covered or can we file this? No, we'll advise them. We'll look at the damage. We'll say, you know, because of a deductible, don't even file. There's nothing to file here, right? You're better off not filing this claim. So we do all that, right? And same thing with reading policies. You know, we'll take policies before they file claims and interpret policies and make sure that our clients don't have any, you know, lag in coverage, that they're actually covered for everything that can happen and any exposed liabilities they have. Okay. So, so your answer, so your, you the answer is, you know, call it PA right away. That would be, that would be the answer. Maybe before you call the insurance company, sounds like is yep. your suggestion. A hundred percent. Okay. So what would you say is the main value add? Is it all, is it just general advice? Is it getting essentially more for the, the insurance policy holder when they have, you know, a valid claim? Is it, you know, accelerating the process, all of the above? Like what's the, the main benefit? So I would, you just knocked it out of the, uh, knocked it out of the park, all, all of the above, right? Whether it's, whether it's, you know, taking, taking all the stress off the, the insured, right? So they can do other stuff. Cause you're, the amount of stress and the amount of stuff they put on you is, is, is just, it's someone that doesn't handle this every day. It's, it's, it's a whole new, it's a whole new, it's a whole new game. So just that and everything else you mentioned. But the biggest thing is at the end, the max of the settlement that you get is so much larger that when you're done, when we're done and our insured receives a check and he starts hiring contractors, you know, he's, he's left with, you know, significantly more in his, you know, in his pocket than if he was without us. That's just the, the end of the story. Even after paying a public adjuster, all our clients will pay their contractors, will pay us, and they still have leftover money for other investments. Okay. So that brings up a topic that I wanted to discuss, right? We're, none of us are in business for free, right? We all yep. are here to get paid. So, how does how, how are you compensated in this this whole situation? Yeah, public adjusters are they're they're all the same, pretty much the same structure. It's all contingent, right? And so we do a ten percent fee when we get hired right from the beginning. It's a ten percent flat fee that gets paid once the claim is settled. So the insured doesn't owe us any upfront money, any retainers, any hidden costs. Once the claim is settled, whatever that final settlement is, they owe they once they get the check, that's when they pay us a ten percent fee. Now, if an insured would call us. And let's say they received an offer and they didn't know about a public adjusting. And they, we look it over, we say, we can help you. You know, we're not going to charge you on the money you received, but we'll take this claim. We know we could bring so much value and we'll charge a higher fee, but based only on a new amount that we would help our client receive. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned a few, a few mistakes that folks make in these cases, whether it's, it's, they kind of call you too late in the process, they need help. How often is it that they just didn't have the right insurance in the first place. They were just underinsured and they didn't necessarily realize it because they didn't get the best advice on the front end. We see that on, I mean, every other claim, you see people underinsured or have lack coverage, whether it's, you know, whether they have an exclusion that they weren't aware of or, or they didn't purchase an endorsement that they should have had or their policy coverages, all their limits are lower than they're supposed to be. There's just a different, different avenues that people just lack in. Because again, if you're not in this, if you're not in this industry, you know, you wouldn't know. So you usually don't know this stuff until you actually have it played. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would, I'm certainly not an expert on insurance and I need to leverage, you know, the, the expertise of the experts in these areas. So how small of a, a claim or of a deal or of an insurance policy is too small to really bother with? Does that make sense? Cause we, yeah. you know, we like to invest in big multifamily deals. We get the benefits of scale and all that kind of a thing, but if you're doing smaller deals, single families, that kind of a thing, is that not really big enough to justify? No, any claim. I mean, there's PAs that work small claims, you know, 10 to 15, 20,000. You know, our firm is more large loss. So for residential, we would do maybe fire, large fire losses, you know, pipe breaks if the whole house is, is has water damage. And then mostly commercial, right? Mostly commercial roofing, commercial fires, commercial water damage, anything along those lines, business, business policies is, is where we really specialize in. Okay. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about people who have you know, kind of filed their own claims and uh, you know, made mistakes along the way. For those out there who are you know, thinking about it, if you will, what are some of the do's and don'ts of filing your own insurance yeah. claim? My biggest advice to everyone who wants to handle on their own, and I don't, we don't recommend it, but if you do, don't, don't say too much, you know, don't talk too much. Say as little as possible. And really that advice will, will go a long way. Because people, honesty, and unfortunately, honesty now is getting people denied. They're just saying too much, right? They start going back and they ask, the you know, insurance company records everything from the first time you call them. So if you start talking, you start talking about all these other scenarios, you know, they just start raising flags. And all of a sudden, you're, you're under oath for no reason. Because all you did was you said the wrong thing or you set them the wrong thing. So the less you do, the better it is. Now, you still have to cooperate with everything they ask you. But people, again, try to try to do too much and it ends up hurting them. Mm, okay. So they say too much. People say too much when they call insurance companies. Does Is there also a, an area in which, you know, getting estimates, coming up with like ideas of what damages cost yeah. or h- hiring the wrong contractors, you know, those kinds of things that where people make big missteps? Huge. Well, the insurance company will let you, you know, they'll send their adjuster out whether he does an estimate or not. And if he does, then you'll get an estimate from their adjuster. But then what they'll say is, hey, you should get three estimates from your contract. Now you start getting estimates. Then they'll take the lowest one and they'll say, well, this one is not broken down in our program, so we don't care. So all of a sudden, you did all this work, you wasted three months and nothing happened. They're still at their amount. You're still at the same point because the contractor is doing a retail estimate. As a public adjuster, we're, we're putting an estimate to make you whole put you exactly in the same situation you were before, because that's what you're all for, nothing less, right? And nothing more. So you you calling contractors and all that, that should be in your back pocket. Whatever prices you're getting from contractors and all that, that should be in your pocket. A PA is the only one that should be giving you an estimate or a professional estimator that's using the same software, because then you're playing this in the same ballpark as an insurance company. They use a software called Xactimate. Some are switching to another one called Simbility. And they're just softwares that generate it, that help uh, their guidelines for building estimates. But their line item, and it's, and again, that's what we use. But when we're sending that to the insurance company and negotiating, we're on the same level playing field. Whereas if you're a contractor, you know, I was a contractor before, you know, I had no clue what I was looking at. If you send me one of those estimates, I have no idea what that was. Because when, when you're a contractor and you go into your home, let's say you had a fire, I'm just going to go, you know, all right, you know, remove or gut this room install a new drywall, paint it, and that's it. I'm not putting linear feed. I'm not measuring. I'm not, and I'm putting a total price. I'm not pricing each line amount. So 
but that's what the insurance companies want to do because that way they can negotiate each little item. Mm, okay. So you're saying to, to make sure, confirm my understanding, you're saying that it's better to utilize the estimation software that is available to adjusters rather than try to work with contractors to get estimates because the insurance companies tend to haggle over the contractor's line items a bit. Correct. And, you know, in most states, a contractor cannot negotiate a claim. Only a licensed public adjuster can. So then you're getting these estimates and you can't even have the contractor back it up. And remember, the contractor's only thinking in terms of, you know, what's the easiest way, what's in terms of, okay, I got to replace these carpets. I'll replace them with just flooring. And they start doing stuff that, you know, they think is going to be the easiest to remodel this whole unit. And when the insurance company gets that estimate, they're looking at it and they're saying, well, this is not what you had before. So this estimate is not even real. And again, it just delays the claim process. So the advice to an insured is if you do have a fire, you do have any kind of lot that you're not going to hire a, a, a public adjuster is to, I would say is to call again, say as little as possible, tell them it's a large lot because they're going to set a reserve too when you call. So you kind of want to don't say, I just had a fire in the bedroom and everything else is okay. You want to kind of accept that, hey, there's smoke everywhere, that there's smoke in the attic because that's going to set your reserve much higher. And then if you don't want, you know, you don't want to hire a contractor, you know, you can meet with their adjuster when he comes on site, but, you know, walk with that adjuster and see what he's writing and see the experience because most of the adjusters now are very inexperienced. So then when you see their estimate, it's not what you talked about or it's switched over or just missing a lot of items, then you'll see for yourself, hey, I need help. Mm, okay. So the inexperience of adjusters brings up an important topic of selecting a, a, a public adjuster if you so choose to to work with one. Now, obviously, we've got you know Andy standing with us today, sharing all this knowledge. But you're not licensed in every state. Maybe folks want to you know shop yep. around a little bit. So if we're trying to be objective, if folks are out there, they want to select a public adjuster to work with. They want to shop around. What are some things that they should look for? Obviously, you can search your local local public adjusters. Remember, a lot of them are, every public adjuster, I think, specializes in his own. There's public adjusters that do roofing, residential roofing. They specialize in that. And some do maybe water claims. So you kind of want to get a feel for the adjuster if you call them, what kind of claims they handle, how long they've been in business, how big is their company? Is it just one public adjuster just kind of roaming around or is there a whole team? What kind of claims have they handled? Have they handled claims this large or this small? Do you want to ask all these questions? A website, you know, there's a national association, a PIA, National Association of Public Insurance Adjusters. California has their own association. So there's Texas. You could go on and then you can find accredited public adjusters that are licensed that have been vetted by the state. Okay. Okay. And then taking that step further beyond and in, in understanding their level of experience, you know, if they're whether they're new or, you know, they've been around for a while, is that a matter of just talking to them, having conversations, getting a getting a feel, or do you have any thoughts about you know, evaluating uh, their specific experience? No, I would take notes on how many claims they've handled. You know, how long have they been in business for? What kind of claims do they handle? And I would want to get references, right? Like when clients ask us, we'll send them all the references for especially claims pertaining to theirs. If I have an investor that's got a six unit, I'll go past our on our clients that we had with six units, kind of similar with the fire. And that way they can call and kind of feel comfortable that, hey, we've worked these claims and that makes the client feel more comfortable, right? So the references I would say are probably the most legit thing you can get from a, from a public adjuster. Would you say, is, is there any risk in general 
So let's say you make a claim and use the services of a public adjuster and you know they do well for you, so you get a bit more than the insurance company had originally intended. Is there risk of the insurance company saying, oh, this is a guy who likes to you know, get everything that he can. Maybe we'll jack up his premiums a little bit and they put that mm-hmm. you know, in their risk tables and so on. Is there any risk of that? Your premium is going up because you're somebody who likes to work with yeah. public adjusters? That's a good question, though. They can't raise their premium based on hiring a public adjuster. Can they raise their premiums from a single claim? No, they can't. Based on one single claim, they can't. But if I, I we get this question a lot. And the question I, I will expect is, have they not raised your premium in the last five, 10 years? Because I feel like the premiums get raised every year. Looking back at our properties, every year they've raised the premium. We just actually got a, a letter from one of the insurance companies saying, because of all the things, we're going to be raising our premiums again, our third year in a row, we'll try to keep them low. So we haven't had any claims, but yet we're getting our premiums raised. So it doesn't matter. Now, if you have three claims in a year, can they drop you? Yeah, of course. If you start, if you become high risk, they can definitely drop you, but they can't raise your premium based on just one claim or hiring a public adjuster for that matter. Okay. So your, your risks, if you will, are more based on the, the frequency or the number of claims that you make on a policy, not just that. Hey, this guy made a claim on his policy, really played hardball and, you know, got all of his, all of the value of his yeah. policy out of it. That's, that's not likely to. No. And, and policy premiums are not figured out for your, for you per se. It's, it's the area you know, how old is the home? What is the area? What is the chance of a loss? How fire, how far is the fire extinguisher, fire hydrant? All those things go into play. Does your claim history go into effect when you start getting, yeah, of course it does. But if you get insured with a, with a, with an insurance company, all of a sudden you file a claim. They, they literally, they can't raise your premium based on that claim. Okay. Okay. So this may be a question to not handle publicly, maybe something to, to discuss privately with a potential client, but I'm curious if there are any insurance companies out there that are essentially worse to work with or just harder to get a, a you know, payment out of. Does that really make sense? How hard to make a claim against? Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you I don't want to mention on here, but yes, yeah. there's a, there's <laughs> ones that they come to my mind right away, but we see their name come in or we have a client. Oh, I'm like, wow, we got, you know, we have, we have to deal with these guys. And then there's ones we're like, okay, great. We actually know their adjusters. We know this team. This is going to be awesome. We know that our client not only get max settlement, it's going to happen quick. Whereas other carriers, it's going to be a fight for every penny and it's going to definitely delay. It's going to be a longer claim process. So would that be a question to when you're shopping around or asking around for public adjusters or when you have a public adjuster you want to work with, would that be a question to ask yeah. about is who's, XYZ insurance Who's better to ask what insurance company is good or which one's bad than the public? We fight them all. Like, this is all we do, <laughs> right? Your agent's not going to tell you which one. These are all the ones we saw on our good, right? Because no matter which one he signs me up with, he's going to get a premium. So the best person to ask is the, the, the people that are in the trenches that are actually fighting the insurance companies that are battling them every day. Mm, okay. So another thing that you know, you've mentioned is the specialization of public adjusters and, you know, this guy works on commercial roofs, this guy works on water damage, that kind of a thing. How many public adjusters would a, a given real estate investor need to quote unquote have on our team or, or like know about considering the specializations of different types of damage yeah. that public And I would say doing? different, I, I would say the amounts, some, you know, public adjusters are more residential, more, you know, residential roofing. But for investors and landlords, one public adjuster should be, as long as they're a team and it's a large, you know, it's, a, it's actually a bigger firm, not just one PA, and they have a whole team, 
then one PA firm can handle the whatever loss you have, whether it's a fire, whether you guys had a water, you know, pipe break or a large, you know, roofing claim. One PA should handle everything. The same claims process, how you settle it and the process and what you present to the insurance company and the specialty. You know, when we get interviewed for investors or landlords with associations or management companies, they ask us, you know, what claims you handled, how many have you handled, what is your experience in this and this and this. So, okay, interesting. Great. I mean, well, this is a, a very interesting topic and I'm going to be, you know, maybe adjusting my strategy a little bit here and, and bring in a, a What's, public adjuster on my team. What we're seeing now, it's the lights shining. We're like the public adjusters are kind of it's coming out more and more where more people are using them. I mean, I think it used to be where 95% of claims went without actually getting, I don't know what that number is now. It might be around still the same. But like 95 or 90% went undisputed, meaning no one actually looked them over. No one actually fought the insurance company. People just took their settlement. Happens all the time. But now more and more people are using the, the, the help of the public adjuster to help, you know, again, not only maximize their claim, but take the stress and actually get the process and actually settle the claim quickly. Absolutely. Personally, I can, I can very much accept and, and acknowledge that a professional who specializes in a given area that is opaque to me, and I would say that I don't necessarily understand, like insurance and making insurance claims, could add a lot of value to that process. And also, I really I value my time very highly, and taking that task off of my plate would have a high value to me as well. So uh, great. I love it. I'm glad that we got a chance to learn about this today. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Are you looking for a way to easily track your rental property finances? Check out Stessa. Stessa makes managing real estate investments simple. You can easily keep track of the performance, finances, and the paper trail of your rental properties. Our listeners can get started for free and then upgrade at any time to unlock their more advanced tools. And the even better news is that the upgrade is very affordable and will not break your bank. Smart investors know that tracking the numbers, tracking the money, tracking the finances is what really drives your success. Check out Stessa. It'll make your property finances easier. Just go to escapingwallstreet.com, scroll down to the Stessa logo, and get started for free. Now back to the show. All right, Andy, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Great. First question, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Best investment besides education, all the rentals we purchased. I think, you know, you talk about real estate, it's a real estate podcast show. Buying the real estate has given us kind of the freedom to not only for myself, grow the business and not take money out of the business, but kind of the stress-free life of, hey, you, you have all these properties to bring in an income. You can kind of live comfortably, like grow your business. You know, your, your family has what they need. You don't have to stress about, hey, I'm, you know, the business is not doing good or we're still growing or pulling out loans, right? Because you have that real estate, that cushion that's coming in each month. So to me, that's probably the best thing we've ever done is all the, all the investments we've made in real estate. Love it. Love it. We're all about real estate here. So we had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Oh, wow. The worst investment? Let me see. The worst investment I ever made would be, you know what? I, I try to grow too quickly. And I guess the, the investing in the business, not knowing what I was doing and going, you know, you know, gun hold for everything and just spending money left and right because I didn't know any better was probably the worst investment because then it took me time to recuperate and kind of get back. So that, I, you know, the tip or advice there is, you know, start slow. Don't just start jumping into stuff, you know, 
do your due diligence, get your hands dirty before you just start spending money and hiring people and, you know, trying to grow too quick. Interesting. So it sounds like kind of reading between the lines a little bit, maybe you overhired at the beginning too much? Overhired, overspent, just try to grow so quickly, you know, and invested all this money into it. And then everything backfired, right? Because I didn't know any better. I was learning a new industry as well. I knew kind of one aspect of it. So makes sense. Makes sense. It's, it's, it's hard to balance that excitement and knowing that you need to hire people to grow. But if you hire too many people, you won't have enough stuff for them to do, at least initially. And, you know, got to walk through paces. So yeah. That makes sense. Definitely a life learning lesson. Hey, part of entrepreneurship. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? You know, don't give up. I guess, I guess there's so much knowledge right now with YouTube and everything about, you know, what it is to be an entrepreneur and all these motivational speakers yelling and, and shouting. <clears throat> Not every day is going to be cluttered. There's going to be days where you wake up and you don't feel like doing anything or you get tired or you want to take a nap. It's normal. So my lesson is just take day by day, but make a step to do something each day to get to what your goal is. So whether it's, you know, read five pages or whatever that goal is you have, you have to make a step every day, but not every day is going to be perfect. You don't need motivational speakers or all these, all this other stuff, you know, to, to motivate you. You just got to keep doing it and just not giving up. I love it. I love it. And it can be tough at times, but if you push through, keep moving every day, you'll be surprised what you can get done. Andy, thank you so much for joining us today, teaching us lessons about public adjusting that I didn't, I didn't know. I learned a lot today and I hope our listeners did as well. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch, if they want yep. to learn more about what you're up to or anything like that, where can they track you down? They can, you know, for your listeners, I'll leave my, uh, I'll leave my cell phone. They can literally call me at 708-655-4186, 708-655-4186. They can go on our website, allcityadjusting.com. They can Google All City Adjusting. They can email us at info at allcityadjusting.com. Or if they do go on our website, there is actually a free free PDF of how to handle your own plane. If they want to jump on that, jump on that. If you want to do it, but hey, yeah, it's we, we created a whole, show. there's a whole PDF article, a little booklet that they could download. I uh, will send them a booklet kind of how to handle their own plane. Great. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, you guys. I appreciate that so, so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcasts ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're building wealth on Main Street along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.